Alright, ladies and germs. You already know who this is. I'm back. Um, I'm going to pull out an old episode, but I'm going to do some more, you know, getting it more in depth on different shit. Uh, so we're going to talk a, a little bit more about prepping today. Uh, and I, th- I believe that not a lot of people out there really understand and really actually go out and do this shit like me and a few other of my friends we're we're preppers you know they prep on material things and I do too to a certain extent but I prep mentally and physically for anything that could happen uh you know and I'm, I always have strategies and I run through different scenarios in my head constantly about different type of uh, situations that could happen in real life. And I always have plan A through Z. Figured out, ready to go. Now, when it comes to, you know, when you begin prepping. Now, I never really got, you know, the beginning stages of prepping. I just jumped head first into it. And just started gathering a whole bunch of shit. A lot of it is... uh, I'm going to say it's unnecessary. (laughs) That I'm probably... Most likely never going to use it ever in my entire life. Okay. So let me just give you guys a little insight on some of the things I'm talking about here. I have a grappling hook. That I'm probably never going to need. Never going to use. But it's always good to have. You never know. I have a parachute that is a hammock. It's a hammock parachute. Probably never... I'll use it for the hammock portion, but I'll probably never use it for the parachute. Okay? I have... Now, this is a this is a must. Okay? This one is a must. Uh, in my book, at least, it's a must gotta have it and it's uh paracord i have a hundred foot roll well a hundred foot spole of paracord now a lot of people will say will tell me oh what the hell do you need paracord for you're never going to use it this and the third and they're wrong because their mind is so closed that they don't understand everything that paracord could be used for Okay, and now I don't have the really thick shit. I have the small, you know, somewhat thin stuff, but it it's strong. It's very fucking strong. And I I try explaining to him like, you can use it for numerous things, tying stuff together. Like if you're out in the woods somewhere and you need to hurry up and build a fort or a shelter real fast, boom, you got a hundred foot rolls paracord you can tie shit together with okay now there's other means of making you know cords to tie things together you know you could take little saplings and cut the excess skin off of it you know the outer layer and you can cut it down really fine and you know braid it together to make a very strong rope or whatever you need it for um the next thing, now I don't have this, I just have this in my repertoire, I want to say, 
that I know how to do, and that's starting a fire without having a lighter, matches, lighter fluid, anything like that. There's numerous ways that you can use, that you can do to start a fire. Uh, you know, you could do the old-fashioned style, you know, take a stick, split it in half, you know, go halfway down the board, split it in half, okay? Then you stick, you know, your fibers or whatever it is that you have, your cotton off your socks that will start, be able to catch fire easily, okay? And then you just take another stick, you know, and have it sort of at a point, but not that much at a point, and then you just sit there and uh, push it back and forth until it gets hot enough and drops an ember and then essentially starts the fire. Uh, you could use an eyeglass, you know, something out of uh, the lens out of glasses, you know, like eyeglasses, magnifying glass, and you can use that to capture the sun and pinpoint it to a certain, certain area. And you can start a fire that way. Now, I'm sure there's numerous, numerous of other ways that uh, you could start a fire. Those are the only ones that I know, that I have in my mind right now that I would genu genuinely use in that type of situation. Now, of course, you always want to have your backups. You always want to have extra lighters, extra matches... But you want to seal them up, you know, in something that's like waterproof or something. Just in case you fall into a water or it rains, anything of the sort. So that if you do need it, you don't need, you know, it's not going to be ruined by the water. You know, it's going to be kept contained. It's going to kept, be kept dry. Um, the next thing that I feel is essential and I... And I mean, this one here is essential for, I think, everybody needs to know, is your basic first aid. That is critical. You know, you got to know how to um, be able to treat yourself inside that type of situation where there's no doctors or you have no way to get to a doctor or this, that, and the third. I'm not going to bring up any elaborate things that are genuinely happening right now in the U.S. that I can see forthcoming. But you definitely need your basic medical skills, you know, suturing, you know, keeping a wound clean, uh, you know, being able to tell if a bone's broken or this, that, and the third. Now, I have a little bit more of an advanced uh, skill when it comes to uh on-field medical, I want to call it. You know, I've been taught by a good buddy of mine um, for... Oh, shit. I can't remember the name of it, to be honest with you, but you stick a needle through somebody in a certain point on the ribs or through the chest to relieve pressure on their lung just in case their lungs collapsed or if they get shot and... It's closing the lung. I do know how to... I mean, I'm still learning it. Don't get me wrong. I'm still learning it. Uh, and I'm be, and I'm going to be getting a hold of him shortly uh, for one of these weekends. We're going to have another medical class. 
And uh, so we're, I'm gonna be getting that up to date, you know, and learn a little bit extra on the on the matter. But my next thing is hunting. Hunting is key. Is should be your number one thing. You should always know how to hunt. For the simple fact is, is that if you're out in the woods somewhere, let's say you're miles upon miles from the nearest store, or fuck it, let, let's do this. Or if you need a chip or a vaccination card in order to purchase any type of food or water or anything of the sort, you need to know how to hunt so that you can provide for yourself or anybody else that is with you. Uh, you got to know how to purify water. That is another definite must. That is, to me, that's number one on the list is knowing how to purify water. Water is going to keep you alive. You can only go a certain amount of days without water before you die. I think it's three or four days without water and then your body shuts down or st begins to shut down. The food, it's a little bit longer. You can last a little bit longer without food because your body retains fat cells. And when you're hungry, your body just starts eating away at the fat cells. Um, but like I said, hunting is definitely got to be number two on my list. You know, because you it's just crazy. Because if you can't go and get food and you do know how to hunt, that is your next best thing. Yeah, it might take a day, it might take two days, it might take three days in order for you to get a kill. But that's that's the downside of hunting is patience. You gotta have patience in order to hunt. Now, you could take anything out. You could take birds, you could take squirrels, rabbits, groundhogs, you know, if need be, snakes. You could take a snake and kill it and fucking fry it up or something on your fire or some shit like that. Uh, me personally, I wouldn't want to kill anything too big that's got a lot of meat because there's no proper way to store it, to, you know, freeze it or to keep it nice and cool. So that bacteria doesn't get onto it and so that it doesn't spoil and you end up poisoning yourself from eating spoiled food. Okay, that's one thing you definitely got to watch when you're prepping is making sure that you get food that isn't going to spoil like your canned goods. Um, MREs are good. Yeah, they might be dodgy on the taste. You know, some of them taste alright, some of them taste like hammered shit. But it's a good source of protein. Very, it's a very high, it's very high in protein. Okay. Now MREs will last forever. Oh, excuse me. MREs last a very long period of times, and you don't ever have to worry about it as long as the packages are not punctured or opened in any type of way. Now. Getting MREs, you could just you could go on Amazon, get a case of MREs. You could go to gun shows. Uh, normally, normally there's always at least 
two to three people at a gun show selling MREs by the case or or by the pallet. Um, I couldn't tell you about a price on them uh, because it's been a long time since I've actually been on the market for MREs, but I do plan on getting back onto the market for MREs, so I will do an update for you guys on a price for your general MREs. Um, but there's all, there's all kinds of shit that you can get to help yourself prep. Uh, I have a trench shovel. I mean, it's not a absolute must to have a trench shovel, but I like it. Uh, just because, you know, my mind's always fucking twisted in some kind of way, and I'll always find a way to need a trench shovel. But mine's got a serrated edge on it so that I can cut down trees with it if if need be. Uh, you know, to help build a shelter or help build defenses. That's another thing. When you're out in the wilderness, there's going to be animals. There's going to be, you know, coyotes, bears, wherever you're located at. The If you're located in some in an area where there's a high concentration of bears or mountain lions or vice versa or, you know, whatever, whatever, then, yeah, you're going to definitely need defenses around your camp or around your spot while you sleep. Now, a, a good way to do that is taking your trench shovel and digging all, a circle around your area. And you want to give yourself enough space to where uh, it's if an animal does approach your camp, it's not going to be right up on your shit, you know? It's not going to be nut to butt with you. Now, I would say go out about 15, 20 feet in every direction all the way around it, your encampment in a, in a circle. You dig down a little bit. And what you do is you take sticks. And, you know, you want to make sure that they're pretty girthy. And you want to sharpen them to a point. Okay, and then you stick them in the ground. And you want them facing opposite from one another. So you want one facing outwards, one facing inwards, vice versa, all the way around. Now, you don't have to do it that way. You could always do it, you know, facing one direction. But I feel that if something gets inside your camp and you need to push it backwards, there's no defense backwards. It's just going backwards without, you know, no consequences of, the, of effect. So that's why I like to stagger them, one facing out, one facing in, just in case something does get in and I, you know, push it back, then I have that little bit extra poke, you know, so it's going to be worried about getting poked from behind and in front. Um, you always want to have a knife. Always. Always, always, always. I am very big when it comes to knives. I have a multiple collection of knives that I specifically will use in those type of situations. Now, I have my, you know, my everyday knife that I would carry around. I have, you know, my work knife that I use at work. And then I have my my survival knives. Now, they're not genuine survival knives, but they're knives that I would use in a survival situation. 
and you know guns are good in a survival situation depending on the situation you're in because one if you can't purchase ammo you're screwed you're gonna run out of ammo really fast uh, so that's that's a big thing right there uh, keeping your firearm you know clean and rust free and that's another big issue now me personally yes in a survival situation I'm bringing my firearm you know I'm bringing my battle rifle I'm bringing my pistol if I had if I had those of course uh, wink wink but you know you definitely want to conserve your ammo if you do end up bringing your a firearm with you which um, I, I can almost guarantee you 100% of gun owners if they get into a survival situation they are definitely going to be bringing firearms with them no way fans what's about it uh Oh, shit. Excuse me, guys. I had, like, a little fucking brain fart. Um. You can always make yourself a spear. You know? You could definitely do that. You can make yourself a spear. You can make yourself a bow. I know that much. If you're trained in the... To be able to make yourself a bow like that, you can... You can definitely get one going. That, that's key. Now, me, I have, I have a, I'm going to call it a modern bow, you know, uh, that was handed down to me from my father, and I absolutely love the thing. I take it out and shoot almost every weekend, just because I, I like to keep my skills up, you know, and I can, I could take a 50, 60 yard shot with my bow pretty easy. You know, that first shot that I would, that I take, now, granted, I practice with it all the time at taking long distance shots, and the first shot, I always miss, I never get it point blank on the first shot, just because I don't have pins on my bow for it, you know, I think, I think my highest pin goes up to 35 yards, 30, 35 yards, something like that, maybe even 40, but when I'm taking long distance shots like that, you know, me being the guy I am, you have to range that out for yourself. And that's what I do. I range that out and I just go from there. But like I said, I always miss the first shot so that that gives me a sort of calculation on where I need to make my adjustments from okay so if I'm shooting something that's 50 yards away now naturally you fire your first shot it's gonna run okay especially if you're fight if you're shooting at an animal so I would never take that type of shot with an animal unless I was absolutely 100% positive that I was gonna hit the first time but when I'm practicing, it's a whole different story, you know, because there's a certain height that you want to go when you're firing that high, 
you know, there's a certain couple inches above the target that you want to shoot in order when, when you're shooting something like that. So, knowing how to shoot bows and shoot firearms is key. And know, definitely knowing how to use your knives is another key aspect of the thing. Uh, but skinning and cleaning, field dressing an animal, that is another must. You definitely got to know how to do that because if you fuck up, and you nick the bladder, or you nick the the shit sack, or you nick the stomach, or anything of the sort. You will contaminate all form, all meat. You might as well just dig a hole and throw the fucking thing in there, because it's contaminated with bacteria now, and you can't eat it. You know that's that's one thing that I am, you know, proud to say. Is that I do know how to field dress an animal of all sizes. Don't matter what it is. I know how to clean that bitch. I know how to skin it. I know how to properly do shit. In order to get good meat. And clean meat. Um, I know. I said that this was about prepping. And I know I'm kind of going off subject a little bit. You know, with showing, telling you guys how to hunt and, you know, what you should learn and what you should know. But that's all the mental aspect of prepping, is knowing how to do these things is, and prepping your mind so that when the shit does pop off and you do need to use these skills, it's muscle memory. It is no longer anything else but muscle memory. You already know what to do this, that, and the third, and you won't have no issues on, you know, hunting or being able to purify your water or vice versa, whatever it may be. Now, uh, I'm going to get into a few other things here, this, you know, going back to the mask mandate. In June, I found out that in June, Mike DeWine, Adolf Hitler's cousin or brother, whatever he may be, is being stripped of all of his power. So he will no longer be allowed to uh, mandate anything when it comes to health or safety or anything of the sort. So essentially, all the all of our businesses will be able to reopen all of these masks this mask bullshit is gonna go right out the fucking door ladies and gentlemen and you know what I'm so happy about it I don't wear a mask anyways besides at work and I give them shit all the time about it you know they're always telling me oh pull your mask up above your nose I, I always tell them go fuck yourself why don't you make me I can't breathe with it over top of my nose. And I, I try and tell them this all the time. My oxygen levels are already cut in half because I can only breathe out of one side of my nose. You don't leave your mouth open 24 fucking 7 trying to breathe out of it. Okay? I breathe out of my nose. Which is already hard enough. Because like I said, I 
can only breathe out of one side of my nose. Now, the other health factors that fall into place with wearing a mask is, yes, it's cutting your oxygen levels in half, and two, it's not allowing the carbon dioxide that you are releasing from your body, it's not allowing that to fully escape your mouth or your nose. So you're breathing all that shit back in, and over time, it has catastrophic health issues that come from that, okay? I've said it once, and I've said it again, and I'll keep saying it until the day I die. Look at the suits that you have to wear for nuclear radiation, for painting, for sandblasting, for coal mining. All these fucking suits, all these fucking specialized fucking masks that you have to wear for this shit, okay? But the deadliest virus on the fucking face of this earth that this planet has ever seen, a little cloth mask that I make that I make out of a t-shirt will protect me from it. You got me fucked up. And like I said before, and I'll say it again, if you're if you fart and your fart can make it through your drawers and your pants and you can still smell it the fuck makes you think you're going to be able to stop a fucking deadly ass virus that's so deadly that has a 99% survival rate to it uh, how's, how's a little cloth mask that you make out of your t-shirt going to help you now I have merchandise out for my podcast everybody knows that now um, and I was genuinely gonna go and have masks made for it, but I decided against it because my personal beliefs and other aspects of the of the nature um, I just don't agree with. So therefore, I'm not making them. I feel it's pointless for me to make them. I'm not gonna sell them, and they're just gonna fucking sit around and collect fucking dust. But I do still have beer koozies available, so if you would like one, please get a hold of me on here or get a hold of me on uh, Facebook. Or if you do know my phone number, shoot me a text, send me a picture of your receipt that you purchased one or you donated $3 to my podcast. I said that before, that if you donate $3 to my podcast and you send me proof, you know, picture proof, that you did, in fact, donate $3, I will get your address and I will ship it out to you and I will float the cost for all shipping, no matter where it's at. I will not make anybody pay for the shipping and handling. I will pay for that personally, since this is my very first line of merchandise that I've ever put out in my entire life for myself. So I will float that cost. But jumping back on to the situation of prepping. Let's see. I've covered food. How to clean food. um, Making weapons defenses, 
MREs, purifying your water. Yeah, I've, I've pretty much... Now, there's a lot more when it comes to prepping. There, there really is. There's so much more, you know. Having warm clothes for the winter months. Being able to... Uh, knowing how to... Um, I want to say stop the wind from getting inside your your little cabin or your little fort or whatever the fuck you're building out there in the wilderness so that you don't get cold and now you can build it make it big enough to where you can hold a fire in there so that you can genuinely stay warm also and what you want to do is you want to make like a little smokestack okay and it's very easy to make one you just run through, find some random-ass garbage, you know, make, like, a stove or a little microwave or something. And you just figure out a way, use a knife or something to cut a hole in the top or do something to figure out a way to get the smoke out. Or you can do it teepee style and have, like, a little hole at the top for all the smoke to rush out. Okay? Now... A lot of people, I can already see this coming. A lot of people are going to be like, if I don't explain this one out, a lot of people are going to ask me about it and I don't want to have to fucking explain myself out to 300 fucking people. When you build your shelter, if you build it for winter months, what you want to do is when you're setting your logs down or however you're building it, the cracks, the cracks inside the fort or your little camp will let all the fucking air in so what you want to do is you want to go somewhere you want to dig far enough into the ground where you reach the clay okay now clay you will definitely be able to tell that you hit it because it's it's like a tan color some places it's a different color i know the clay around here is a tan color and what you want to do is you want to take it oh excuse me guys you want to take it and get it wet you know make it like a putty and then put it in the cracks you know make it nice and smooth and even make sure that there's no holes in it and then let it dry and then when it dries, you'll essentially have an airtight uh, shelter. That's the word I've been looking for. Fucking shelter. Why couldn't I remember that goddamn word? But you'll have an airtight shelter that will keep a lot of the fucking cold air out. And when, especially during the winter months, that is essential is keeping the cold air out so that you don't get sick now of course another key aspect of you know that is having the proper winter gear for doing such a thing you know like like me this whole winter last winter even today it's cold outside it's probably um, my truck is saying 38 degrees outside I'm wearing a pair of shorts. Okay. Now, naturally, in the in the extreme winter months, when it's like ne in the negatives, 
I'll wear pants. I'll wear pants or I'll wear a pair of long johns with some pants over top of them. That's another good way to stay warm. You know, having a couple layers of shirts, a couple layers of, you know, not short sleeve shirts either. Don't be a dickhead about it. Uh, get yourself some long sleeve thermal shirts. I have plenty of them. Uh, and coats, not hoodies. You want coats. Something that's going to be, you know, winterproof, uh, waterproof and other shit like that. Sorry for all the pauses again, guys. I do have chewing. But, yeah, you, you want to have, you know, your clothes, your long sleeve shirts, your pants, your coats. You know, if you have a hoodie, keep that with you also. Just in case, you know, something of yours gets wet, you have a backup. Now, footwear. Footwear is another thing. You God forbid you're walking around in a survival situation in fucking flip-flops or Crocs of all fucking things. I've seen it happen before and it's catastrophic for people. Now, what I like to wear is I like to wear steel-toed boots. Okay? And I'm not talking... You know, those boots that... Those low-rider boots that look like fucking tenor shoes. No. I'm talking... Military-style boots... That come up... Off your ankle... And onto your shin... A little bit. Okay? Those are the type of boots I wear. And if you can... You definitely want to get the waterproof kind. Now, it's not... A, 100% going to be waterproof, but it will keep a, a good portion of water out to keep your feet dry. Because when I first started hunting, and I started hunting in cold weather, my dad always told me, if your feet get cold, you are screwed. So you definitely want to have long socks, you know, like wool socks. I know wool is pretty itchy. Um, you can even go with cotton socks or whatnot, whatever you, you may find fit, whatever you're comfortable wearing. But definitely get yourself some long socks that come up pretty high. You don't want to be wearing those thin-ass ankle socks. Because it's stupid. You're just going to get cold anyways. So wh why put yourself through all the pain from being cold? Because I'm not... A lot of people don't know this, that if you're... You get too cold, and you go to warm, and you go and try and warm yourself up. You will actually cause yourself a lot more pain than what you essentially were, because your body is frozen. Those certain parts are completely frozen. So I'm not gonna say completely frozen, but they're there. Okay. So when you're warming yourself up and you feel that pain. That pain is some of your nerve endings coming back and getting the feeling back in your hands. Okay? Because when you start getting really cold, let's say your fingers are really cold and they're numb, you can't feel them. That's because your blood is rushing out of your fingers and toes and going to your vital organs to keep them warm. That's why you're 
when you're too cold, your your hands and shit go numb first. Because, like I just said, your blood is rushing to your vital organs to keep them very, very warm. So that you don't die. Okay? It, it's natural. Your body's naturally going to do that. But, you know, there, there are other things. Like, during the winter months, if you fall inside cold water... You do not want to heat yourself up really, really fast. Because what happens is, is if you do that, you can potentially send your body into shock. And what happens with that is that your blood and everything rushes back to certain parts of your body or vice versa rushes to your vital organs too fast. You know, because that, that's instant. The second you drop into cold, very cold water during the winter months, that's automatically what happens. Your blood automatically starts rushing back to your vital organs. And you don't want that to happen too fast because you cause yourself to have a heart attack, a stroke, this, that, and a third, whatever, whatever. But I'm going to make this one short. I know I've made, I know I've been making these short-ass episodes and I do apologize. I know you guys want longer episodes from me. But I'm just... I've been so f- fucking busy lately. You know, I've been getting the bills paid. Getting the house, you know, up to, up to par. You know, fixing little shit around the house, you know. And getting shit made to where... You know, I don't have to deal with it for couple months or a couple years and vice versa and you know with the baby and everything it's it's just hard to find the time to make a long episode because you know the missus likes to get her sleep so I always come home from work and take the baby off of her so that she can sleep and I'll stay up to about 11 30 12 o'clock sometimes one o'clock while she sleeps and then I'll go to sleep and wake up for work and I just do that all the time But, eventually, I will be making longer episodes for you guys, you know, an hour, two hours long. Um, I just gotta find shit to talk about, and I just, I don't know. But, like I said, I'm gonna get off here, because I'm at work, probably gonna get in trouble, because I called off last night. Um, You know, because they tell us... They've been constantly pounding this into our heads that if we've been around anybody that's sick to call off of work and don't come in because we don't want to they don't want to take the risk of us getting other people sick and this, that and the third. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So my kid had a temperature of 103. So I called off. I told him what was going on and, you know, they just. They told me this morning, because I didn't hear back from them, I left them my name and number and told them to give me a call back as soon as possible so that I know what I'm doing here. They didn't give me a call back because, you know, I, I called every HR lady that I have a phone number for, and not a single one of them picked up the phone. And I mean not a single one of them. And today, they didn't call me back. 
So I started calling them, and guess what? It took me until 1.30 to get a hold of somebody in HR, and I find that it's fucking pitiful for a job. We have six or seven fucking HR ladies who work every goddamn fucking day, but yet I can't get a hold of them when I'm calling them at fucking 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and I can't get a hold of nobody. So what's the point of having fucking HR when not not a single one of them answer the fucking phone? So I'm probably going to get in trouble for calling off because I do believe I'm at like nine points now or some shit like that. I don't know. And to be honest with you, I really don't I really don't give a fuck about the points. I don't I, I just don't care. I don't care about this job anymore. But. Like I said, I will talk at you guys later, and I hope everybody's having a good day. As I say at the end of every episode, God bless America.